0: I'm Tina Horn, and you're listening to Wire People Into That, the podcast for queers, sluts, perverts, whores, and everyone who loves us. My guest today in the studio uh, in Acast in Manhattan is Lindsay Dye. Say hi, Lindsay. Hello. And let me read her bio. Lindsay Dye is a 31-year-old artist and sex worker of Puerto Rican descent from Miami, Florida. She holds an MFA in photography and sculpture from the Pratt Institute. She is most known on social media. I'll say this is how I know her and (laughs) why she is here, although I'm happy to know her for lots of reasons. I'm going to keep reading your bio. She is most known on social media for her cake-sitting performances. Not a coincidence what we will be talking about today. Her work has been featured in a wide range of media, including Time Out New York, Playboy, HuffPo, Paper, ID, and most recently, Her Butt and What a Glorious Butt It Is, emphasis mine, uh, and Handmade Cake... Uh, glorious handmade mm-hmm. cakes, we will get into your butt and the cakes mm-hmm. and everything. Uh, and most recently, her butt and handmade cake graced the cover of UK-based Bricks magazine. Mm-hmm. Hello, Lindsay. Hi, how are you? I am great. I'm feeling a little insane this morning f- for all sorts of good reasons. So I'm just going to keep drinking both coffee and water. Same. And we'll see what courses through me. Mm-hmm. Lindsay Dy is a big old freak. <laughs> Can I tell you a story about that Megan the Stallion? Please, I song? love Megan's stories. I, it, I mean, it's it's about it's not about her mm-hmm. as much as it's about her music. I started listening to Megan the Stallion like in. Do you say the stallion? Uh, the yeah, yeah. okay mm-hmm. Megan the stallion mm-hmm. like in the spring. I feel like is mm-hmm. when everything she dropped. like came yeah, yeah came across my radar, and it was completely like. Music that I was using to, like, get through the end of the cold season, you Mm, know, to mm -hmm. just, like, start thinking about what shorts I was going to buy to wear on my bike when it got hot and just, like, fantasizing about it being hot. Hot girl summer. Hot girl summer. It's happening. (laughs) Exactly. My absolute number one favorite thing about New York, Mm -hmm. which is the thing that I loved about it in, like, Myth and Story before I moved here. And then every time I visited, I experienced it, and it, like, was one of the things that made me want to live here is, like, the way that the whole city pulsates with music coming out of their cars Mm -hmm. and coming out of their boomboxes and coming out of bodegas and coming out of block parties and coming out of their, like, apartments. And it happens the most in the summer when everybody's windows are open and everybody's sound systems are up or people are feeling fucking juicy and out Mm -hmm. on the streets. I fucking love it. Yep. And I've been feeling... Quite burned out on New York. So I was, like, really looking forward to it getting hot. And that, like, thumping. Energy. Music happening. Exactly. So one of the first hot days of summer, I went out to dinner with some beloved friends. Like a 20-minute walk from my house. And we were walking back through my neighborhood. And that, like, little intro in the beginning of the big old freak Mm -hmm. song. Uh Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I heard that off of somebody's sound system, like, in their courtyard. Mm -hmm. And because I've been listening to it so much, I knew exactly when the beat was going to drop. And so, like, I started walking on the beat, like, from the very first moment. And, Mm -hmm. like, everybody that I was with was like, how did you know that it was going to happen? And then we all started walking, like, and, like, you know, I mean, that song is, everyone needs to pause this and go listen to it if you Mm -hmm. don't know it already. But it's just like... It does what it says on the tin, you know? Yeah. It is a fucking freaky song yeah. and like we were just like fucking like grinding
2: art. You were in a music
0: yeah. down the street, exactly. Yeah. And also like calling out to the people who were yes. playing it and being yes. like, Yes, and they were like, Yes.
2: I know. She brings people together. I totally Yeah. Can
0: yeah. you actually explain Hot Girl Summer?
2: I'd actually compare it to cake sitting. I feel like it's oh my god, yes, it's it's all in the name. Like there's no need really for an explanation. Like it is what it is.
0: Oh well, this podcast is over.
2: We covered Hot Girl Summer and Cake Sitting. See ya.
0: Yeah, it it, it again. It does what it says on the tin. Like, yeah. what more do you need to know? Except yeah. that this podcast, the first word of this podcast is why. So, um <laughs> true. Presumably, you schlepped yourself
2: over here your, because you do care about the why a little bit. I do think it instills confidence.
0: Hot Girl Summer.
2: Yeah, yeah. So
0: Hot Girl Summer is like an internet-based phenomenon. Begun by Megan the Stallion, the Mm hip-hop artist, ascendant hip-hop artist, just being like, this is a hot girl summer. Like Mm -hmm. It's a summer of just, like, girls being hot and Mm -hmm. not caring about fuckboys and not caring about, like, what anybody thinks, just, like, being hot for yourself. I I was just going to say yourself. It's about you.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And I think there's this support other women. Exactly. Anyone can be hot and sexy. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and it, I just think it's really simple, you mm-hmm. know, and like a simple notion that runs really deep with women. It's like we needed to hear it, you know. Totally. We needed someone powerful to tell us. Like yes. we needed, we needed her.
0: We. I needed. her. Yeah. I, I definitely needed her. Yeah. Um. As I have described. And do you know what else I need? Hmm. Is a cake to sit on. <laughs> 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 I mean, I need. I need ass. And I need performance art, Mm -hmm. and
2: I need baked goods,
0: and yeah, I don't have a sweet tooth, Mm -hmm. but I do love
2: cake. I mean, so the biggest misconception about me is that I like cake.
0: Let's start there. Sure. Do you like? Do you? Hey, Lindsay, (laughs) do you like cake?
2: No, no. Um so you don't like and to I thought, eat it. Is I thought what you that mean. was evident in my performances, you know. <laughs> right, that are, are are about destruction and But there's a thin line between love and hate. Sure, sure. But I actually, you know, like I see everything that goes into making them and baking them and Cuz you bake them yourself. I do, and that that's not the type of stuff I want to put in my body. Like it's all it is very artificial, you know. Yes. And when I'm
0: wearing an earring that says artifice right now, (laughs) just for you, (laughs) excess artifice. Anyway, go on. Have you been to the camp exhibit at the Met yet?
2: No. You gotta go. Oh, you
0: gotta go. You're gonna love it. Okay. It's, it's a lot of pink. Sweet. Yeah. But it's also just like, it's a lot of glitter and homosexuality through the ages and like, Amazing. Yeah.
2: Okay. It's really really good.
0: Highly recommend. It's a nice, like, if you haven't been to the Met in a while, if mm-hmm. you're like, the Met is, like, kind of stuffy. Yeah. It's very yeah, not it's stuffy. And it's also, you feel like you're inside. It's all based around the Susan Sontag essay mm-hmm. on camp, Notes on Camp. And so you it's very well curated and very, like, intellectual as well as, like, sparkly. Mm. So you feel like you're kind of in... I felt like I was inside
2: the essay, mm-hmm. which is, like, my favorite way to be at an exhibit. Well, so, interestingly some of the fashion worn at the Met gala designed by Christopher Kane was based on splashing and wet and messy play yeah. uh, and is there nothing
0: uh-huh. that you cannot <laughs> connect back
2: to the subject no, no I I'm very invested also like I'll I, I feel like I seek it out but it also finds me yeah like when I leave my apartment in the morning there's inevitably like a donut truck or a <laughs> It, a very specific truck called the Independent Cake Company, like parked in front of my house. Oh my god! And I'm like, I, I really feel like when you're like passionate and genuine about your craft, like it seeks you out. That's in the magic. Universe. Yeah,
0: yeah. Hell yeah! There's a, there's like a latex prosciutto. Oh my god! Yeah. lovely. Oh, your eyes just lit up. <laughs> How do you
2: define cake sitting? Mm-hmm. So. It took me a while to define it, to discover its origins, to realize this history that comes with it. And first and foremost, it is a fetish found in pornography mm-hmm. and fetish communities. Mm-hmm. And so within the porn world, it started with amateur photography and has moved into clips and videos as the internet has expanded. Mm-hmm. And um, I actually brought with me um, a couple of vintage splosh magazines that are um, kind of the first physical porn that you could buy Mm -hmm. of uh, cake sitting. And I'll talk more about sploshing and what that is. Um, Can can we bust those out? Sure. These are... From the 80s. So I think it started in 1989. They were printed up until 2001. And then the creator passed away, so they, they discontinued the magazine.
0: So the name of this magazine is Splosh. hmm And would you describe the cover,
2: please? Sure. So uh, there is a girl sitting on a chair in a, a white shirt, and her legs are spread open. And she has... What looks like uh, custard and baked beans splattered over her head and her chest and her crotch. And she's having fun. She's lifting her pigtails up. They're braided. And she's sticking her tongue out. It's um, a very clownish, comedic pose.
0: I couldn't have described it better (laughs) myself. It also, God, the baked beans of it all Mm -hmm. does make me think of the Anne Margaret scene in... The Who's Tommy? Have you seen no, The Who's Tommy? No. Oh, Lindsay. Um I don't know, Tommy. Um <laughs> <laughs> Tommy is a very it's a rock opera made by The Who. Tina Turner's in it.
2: Ooh. Uh,
0: Arthur Brown, who is this sort of Alice Cooper, like just 70s weirdos anyway, and Anne Margaret plays the titular character, Tommy. He, uh, She plays his mom. I think she was nominated for an Oscar for just this, like, bananas performance. And it's kind of hard to tell if they were, like, going for Campy or if there was just so much acid.
2: Uh-huh. Uh, it just kind of ended up that way.
0: I think you would okay. enjoy it. yeah. Yeah, and there is a scene where for no real, evident, literal reason, Anne-Margaret is just, like, covered in baked beans Mm. and like I think she's angry I haven't seen it in a Mm -hmm. while also so much marijuana Uh was involved in all the times that I've watched it but (laughs) she's like writhing around in baked beans I think she's mad Uh (laughs) which is in kind of contrast to what a lot of coming back to Mm. splashing Mm -hmm. fetish imagery a lot of it is playful a lot of it is Mm Childlike, or you know, uh, you know, obviously this woman that we're looking at is Mm -hmm. of age, but right, sort of like, sort of like age play, like playing Mm -hmm. with and like immaturity. Let's say
2: I'd say generally there is a lot of uh, childlike notions and fetish in general. Yeah, and right because it's
0: about it's about play.
2: It is about play, and it is about fantasy. And I think that harkens back to our childhood. And, I mean, we'll go into it more, but the the connection to cake is mm. um, this, this object that has been with us since childhood that mm. everyone has a relationship to since childhood. Yeah. And I think that's not only why... You know, people connect to it in pornography, but why it has really um, impacted my art because it is this loaded symbol that mm-hmm. everyone can relate to.
0: Well, and uh, something that comes up for me is that I think everyone has a relationship to it, even if it's a relationship of scarcity. Sure. Like if you grew up never being able to have mm-hmm. a cake or not being able to have the cake you wanted or the mm-hmm. right kind of cake or mm-hmm. the fancy kind of cake. That's something that Lorelai, Lee and I talked about when we did like a sort of mini episode on splashing a couple of years ago mm-hmm. was that for her growing up working class and like right. not being able to have all the food that she wanted or the like decadent food that she wanted right. means that now just like sort of like reveling in it is like I am sure. I am being wasteful or mm-hmm. decadent because I can. And that is so right. loaded. And
2: and talk about um, wasteful. That, I mean, the act of splashing has nothing to do with consumption and everything to do with this performative aspect of it that you're using it for something that it's not supposed to be used for. Mm-hmm. Well, so... I'll define splashing. Yes, please. And splashing is the same as wet and messy play, which mm-hmm. is also called wham, W-A-M, and wham. <laughs> <laughs> I very much see it as a submissive act, and
0: to, wait, uh-huh? uh, uh, to be. Splashed upon. Yes, is so divisive. interesting.
2: Um, and and I'll I'll compare that to. Um, Can I take a picture. While yeah. You, while you're talking. Cool. Um, I'll compare that to the the other fetish that I believe uh, cake sitting is tied to. So splashing, wet and messy play. You're going to be using food and liquids, and the person who is into splashing is. Attracted to seeing and or doing it themselves, Mm -hmm. but covering the body in copious amounts of liquids, batters, syrups, slimes, jellies, jams, uh, creams. And they're going for full body coverage Mm -hmm. in that, you know, you're going to cover your face also. And I think I... I see it as a submissive act because there's there's humiliation tied to it. Yes. And I bring that back to even like medieval times where people are being pelted in the street Mm -hmm. with rotten food to shame them. Have you seen The Favorite no. Oh, my God. <laughs> You're giving me a great list.
0: <laughs> um, there are, th- first of all, the favorite hand sex movie of the decade. It's it's like a movie about women fucking each other and having mm. power play on, like, the biggest stage of power that there is, which is colonial Britain. And then it's also a movie about how men are, like, useless and ridiculous. Um,
2: (laughs) So it's a true story.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It is a true story. It is based on actual (laughs) events. Uh, And there are scenes of all of these, like, uh, men in the court who just, like, have nothing to do while the women are fucking each other. So they just throw, like, fruit at they they like one person gets like stripped down and they just like fucking pelt him with fruit that. and like he's kind of enjoying it also. Mm-hmm. So it's like, and he's total full frontal naked. Anyway, this is the movie for you. Amazing. I'm yeah. writing this down. Cool. The Who's Tommy and the Favorite
1: mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> will make a film best of Yes. Okay. So, okay. This is here's what I want to ask mm-hmm. you about the idea of having. Food on you being mm. submissive. So, like in this porn that we're looking at, mm-hmm. there is totally like a bratty submissiveness to mm-hmm. both of the, the to the woman who I believe it's the same woman on both of these covers of this magazine. She's being very defiant mm-hmm. in a very like immature way mm-hmm. of like sticking out her tongue, but she is being like degraded or humiliated right, right. Um, maybe that's part so maybe she's sticking out her tongue to try to provoke the custard getting on her mm-hmm. and like because she wants to be messy so mm-hmm. she's like trying to provoke someone to mm-hmm. make her messy or she's like sticking out her tongue like I can't believe you did this to me mm. so your performance art mm-hmm. tends to most of what I've seen like on your Instagram which yeah. is at Lindsay d-y-e, D-Y-E most of what I've seen involves you squatting. Qu- squatting is maybe not quite the right word. It's a position that I think of as the Britney Spears position because it's mm-hmm. in the it's the position that she's in on the cover of her first yes.
2: CD. Uh, oh yes, knees on the ground. Um, I think it's but there's a word out. for it
0: in yoga, but I forget what it is. Mm. Um, but anyway, so you're like like squatting, crouching. Over a beautiful cake, and we will get into the cakes that you make for your performance. Mm-hmm. You have this like very fetishistic, ritualistic, shaking and dipping and bouncing
2: mm-hmm.
0: of your ass onto the cake. Mm-hmm. And we can talk about this more in extreme detail, which I would also be happy <laughs> to do because I think it's fucking fantastic and mesmerizing, and I love watching it. Um, Please never stop doing it. Or thank you for documenting all the times that you have done it so the world hasn't for until the heat death of the universe. Mm -hmm. To me, it really feels like you are topping the fuck out of that cake. If the cake was a face, Mm -hmm. you are sitting on that face or
2: queening. As I described, splashing is submissive. And where I think cake-sitting actually lies is at the intersection of sploshing and another fetish called crushing. Crushing. It, crushing is a dominant. You're, you're dominating when you're crushing. So there's there's power in crushing. And crushing starts with... Inanimate objects, it can move up to insects mm. and small animals so I've tied together splashing and crushing, and I think cake sitting is somewhere in between the two and so I think that I have taken the the dominant um role as the crusher Mm -hmm. in when I'm performing live. My style truly comes from how I am in my chat room, which is where, you know, I found cake sitting. It's how I discovered it was as a cam girl Mm -hmm. in uh, my public chat room on a live streaming site. So, How long ago was that? I started camming six years ago. Cool. Over six years ago now.
0: How long had you been camming professionally before you discovered cake setting? About a year. Cool. Mm -hmm. Cool, cool.
2: And, you know, when I'm in my chat room, I I, I needed to figure out what is my thing? What am I going to market to people? What part of my body is going to get the most attention? What am I going to, you know, focus on? What are my tags going to be? And my entire life, it has always been my ass. So it was it was kind of an easy like okay we're going to focus on my butt and when i'm performing in my chat room normally my back is towards the camera you know i can't i'm not i have an audience but i can't see them mm-hmm. so i wanted to translate that into my live in real life performances where my back is towards the audience, I'm squatting, shaking my ass, as I would in my chat room. Yeah. You know, I wanted to mimic that experience. I, I don't see anyone, and I'm dancing, and I'm the same person that I am in my chat room as I am as the performance artist mm-hmm. who's performing this act. Cool. Yeah. Fucking
0: amazing. <laughs> How does it feel— For you, in those moments when you are that person who is facing your most famous and noticeable asset, your Mm -hmm. ass, Mm -hmm. to the the audience, the voyeur, what's going on in your inner life when you're doing Hmm. that?
2: I'm working with all these elements and symbols, the cake, what I'm wearing, I'm a woman, Mm. I'm in the environment. Um, has become so important. I'm in a public space. You know, this this project for me was to bring a private fetish into a public space where an audience had to deal with it together. And I'm very much interested in them deciding, is this art, is this porn, is it something in between and also the other element that I'm working with to further confuse my audience is music and I have a mic in front of me mm. I'm I'm singing sad R&B love songs during this and Do you always do that? I don't always that's my the best version I consider of what I'm doing and what I'm trying to do is Confuse your expectations of why you came to this space. <laughs> I'm so sorry,
0: I, just, <laughs> I just love you've used the word confused a few mm, times, and uh, I just I'm so happy you're out here
1: confusing.
2: People. Yes, yes. Well, because sex work is so nuanced and I think people like to look at it in a very black and white way, and mm-hmm. it is so not that. Yeah. So to be half naked in a public space with a room full of people, sitting on a cake, singing a love song, I'm searching for this, this tie of inti- intimacy and eroticism and... I very much want, like, an uproar of laughter, and I want people crying. Of course it's going to be hot and sexy. Like, that's the easy part. I'm searching for something else. Yeah. Yeah. And I am I want to provoke other feelings than the expected. And to bring art into a porn space like my chat room and to bring porn into... In art space for art patrons, I really want you to consider the reason why you came and like the reason why you're staying mm. and think about exactly like what you're consuming and how the environment and all these other, your expectations of all these things have been fucked with. <laughs>
0: Lindsay, you are, you are welcome here on this podcast. (laughs) That makes me so happy. Um, my God, (laughs) so profound. Thank you. I also really appreciate that you're describing your, like, artful management of an experience. You're also Mm -hmm. interested in talking about it in this way, but you're also facilitating it for people all the time Uh yeah I love sitting here talking to you about the theory and the history of it all Mm -hmm. and I also love sort of switching off that absolutely part of me to just like surrender to the sensory experience that you that you are creating and like see what happens to my body Mm -hmm. when I surrender Mm -hmm. to that performance, right? Mm -hmm. Do I laugh? Do I cry? Do I get wet? Exactly. And by the way, you know, am I uncomfortable or confused or disgusted? Like, what is the role of repulsion? Because this is probably as good a time as any for me to bring up the fact that I totally have feelings of repulsion- like mm-hmm. unpleasant feelings of of repulsion and disgust around splashing. Like you pulled out these pornos, I am like sitting here with them, like staring back at me, and I'm like, Ugh. <laughs> like gross. Like I don't, I mean, I don't want to look at it. Right. But I, that's, I'm also the kind uh, of person that's like, well, then why, why don't you want right. to look at it? And you brought up clowning, and mm-hmm. I feel like. The Wire people into clowns episode with Dia Dynasty that I did like, <laughs> yeah, you should listen <laughs> to that. that. Um, is like one of the episodes of this podcast where you can really hear me like struggling not only to understand but like like there's a part of me that's like make it stop, make it stop, right? Make it stop. <laughs>
2: well, but that's when you know that something is truly impactful. Yeah, you know, and I think I've been able to reason with it. In a in a different way, because I I'm not looking at this as food. I'm looking at it as material, right? And as it's like paint to me. It's like it, it's 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 supplies, you know. Totally, yeah. Which brings me to
0: one of my rationalizations of why food play makes me uncomfortable, which is both true and obviously like a coping mechanism for some deeper discomfort that mm-hmm. I have around it. I am, like, totally bradley selective about my environmentalism. Like, I I really dislike litter. Uh And, uh, like, when I see people littering, I am mad. And I hate, like, wasting resources. I'm always, like, turning off lights when I leave Mm -hmm. rooms. My reaction to food play is totally, like, people are starving.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. And, and you know, and I talked about this... When I had Lorelai on the show, because, you know, we were talking about it in a very class based way that uh, that she was like, yeah, I have been starving and that's why I like this. And she kind of like gave me a different perspective on it as as well you know, I feel the same way about food fights, right? Like right. when I see, uh, even even when I see like a stage food fight in a movie, I'm like, oh, that food was right. wasted when people are starving. But also like, you should just eat it. Like I get like, you mm. know, if like somebody is throwing a tomato, I'm like, put it in a salad. Sure. You know? So like, first of all, can <laughs> we eat the cakes? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so, I mean, I would yeah. love to eat a cake that your ass has been on personally, but I don't know, is that a creepy thing to say?
2: No, I, that's actually one of the things that's, asked the most, is, but... can I eat your cake? <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, so as far as being wasteful, I think uh, another reason I have attached myself to cake and not other forms of food is, again, it is so artificial mm. and not sustainable as something that would keep someone alive. True. Um And... It's it is, you know,
0: junk food. It is. It is mostly devoid of nutritional value. Exactly. It is it is mostly I mean even like so you also post these videos of you making your cakes mm-hmm. and it almost does look like all of these like bowls with dye, like mm-hmm. your last name, mm-hmm. flour and water and dye, it's like you might as well be making like a paper mache thing right. that is or, like
2: inedible. It's like clay. You yeah. Know? When I think about the satisfaction that I'm not only bringing to like my clientele, it's like when I'm performing in real life, I, I'm bringing joy to a room full of hundreds of people. Yeah. And yeah, you can do that by feeding them, but I'm doing it in a different way. You're you're I mean feeding the, them the cake is way. still being used for good, you <laughs> know? <laughs> yeah. Um and I've described it before as like I very much feel like I swoop in and swoop out like a superhero. Like and do <laughs> do my my act and uh make sure this crowd of people is experiencing pleasure and I'm out, you know? Yeah. Um, you saving
0: them from <laughs>
2: mediocrity. Yes. But as far as, like, eating them, the fetish itself is anti-consumption. Like, if you right. wanted to be a part of a feeding fetish, like, that's something different.
0: Right. I, I feel like they could be combined. Like, and that's what I've often said to people when I'm like, uh, food play, I feel like, is a hard limit for me. I'm like, oh, no, we can eat while, well. like, being naked or being intimate mm-hmm. or being sexy like you know i'm totally down to like swap food back and forth mm-hmm. like birds <laughs> 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 like a like a baby bird and its caretaker caregiver i have fantasies about like eating barbecue mm. like in an erotic well i find like eating meat off the bone especially when it's like covered in, like, very—the messiness of barbecue sauce, Mm -hmm. which is much more to my, like, taste taste Mm -hmm. than, like, frosting Mm -hmm. of the, like, savory, spicy, smoky Mm
2: -hmm.
0: taste. The, like, messiness and the fact that you just—you're not going to, like, eat barbecue and try to be polite and bourgeois and— delicate like you
2: have to it it lends itself to messiness yes and you have
0: to be primal and you just have to like accept that it's everywhere which is like how i actually eat everything
2: so i feel like (laughs) barbecue
0: is my safe space where people Mm -hmm. are like expecting Mm -hmm. there to just be fucking sauce Mm -hmm. everywhere
2: it's a good color too oh yeah
0: let's we should talk about color Mm -hmm. um yeah i love feeding people i mean i literally made you eat a banana because you said you hadn't had any breakfast that's true and that's not it's not necessarily like erotic but it definitely is related to like intimacy and care mm-hmm. or and also a Obs- little bit of yes, like yes.
2: of like topping
0: yes i'm like like
2: put this banana in your mouth you know girl you'll <laughs> thank me later
0: don't you feel better
2: since you ate that banana? i do like my brain is working now
0: yeah yeah, yeah. i'm here to make brains work <laughs>
1: hold up what was that
0: you say dog days of summer the pleasure chest says anal august it's that time of year when it's all about the rear and yes the pleasure chest has got all the gear but there's so much more to anal sex than just plugs beads and prostate massagers whether you're embarking on your first anal odyssey or are a certified ass master the pleasure chest has got some tips and tricks to help you make the most of your butt sex adventures For all of August, they're offering 20% off all B-Vibe products when you purchase online at PleasureChest.com. Meanwhile, in Pleasure Chest stores in New York City, LA, and Chicago, every purchase of $50 or more comes with a free beginner anal toy gift. There will also be B-Vibe pop-ups in LA and New York throughout August, so follow Pleasure Chest and B-Vibe on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram for updates. Pleasure Chest staff educators will be covering all things anal all month long via their blog and social with messaging cards on everything from fisting to prostate pleasure to enemas to rimming to pegging. Have a sweaty, healthy anal August with a little help from the Pleasure Chest. And now, on with Why Are People Into That. We talk about a lot of things on this show. Not everyone, not every guest on this show is a sex worker, Mm -hmm. but... A lot of us are, Mm -hmm. and like a lot of the, you know, I am and a lot of the guests are, and I feel like you probably get asked to talk about the, like, absurdity and novelty and even fetishism of cake sitting a lot. Mm -hmm. I would really love for us to talk about the sex work of it all. Absolutely. Yeah, particularly because, and we met on when I was moderating a panel that you were on mm-hmm. that was about camming. Mm-hmm. And I really, I mean, I already had enjoyed following you on Instagram <laughs> because you post so much of your performance and also the mm-hmm. like, what goes into your mm-hmm. performances, um, your process. But I also just really, I always appreciate not being the only person in the room that is like bringing it back to sex work and mm-hmm. bringing it back to...
2: I gave those dudes a hard
0: time. You sure did. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but th- you know, then we we um, we both. Uh, then it wasn't just on me to give them hard right, time, right. which I um, that's that's um,
2: you know, thank you for being a comrade. Absolutely. Uh, out there. Um. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Especially in that situation where you're talking about virtual reality and camming, and it's two men bringing it into this space. I'm just like, okay, let me know how it's going to benefit me. Before you tell me about, like, the technology. Yeah, oh, the
0: technology is so great. Okay, so how am I going to make more money? Exactly. Right,
2: which they didn't really have an answer. They sure didn't. (laughs) I hope they do now.
0: So I would love for you to to talk a little bit about what it was like to discover cake setting, which you now have Mm -hmm. such a strong identification with and relationship to, through through camming. Mm -hmm. Like, it sounds like someone who was
2: interested in cake setting— requested Not it. Not true. Okay, Hemi, yeah. Hit me. Hit me. tell us a story. All right. So, well, first, how I got into camming. I'm in grad school. I'm $120,000 in debt. I'm studying art, about to graduate. Uh, my love is photography, but I have always grown up idolizing and worshiping strippers coming from Miami, which is heavy into strip club culture. You know, I was 11 when I was like, that's what I want to do. That is a woman with autonomy. Mm -hmm. She's making money and she's being worshipped. Like, that's how I want to live.
0: And her outfits are amazing. Yes.
2: And, like, just has people staring up at her like... I I wanted that type of power. Also have known that I've been sexualized my mm. entire life. My body now is what it looks like when I was 11 or 12. I was always searching to regain my power as a woman in some way. And to perhaps monetize it since that's the game we're all going to play. Yo. <laughs> Say that shit. So I found camming and very specifically like i've always watched porn so once camming pops up i'm like it reminds me of photography mm. it reminded me of the photos i was taking it is women framing themselves in a square they're building a set they are b- prop stylists they're doing their wardrobe they're doing their makeup like yeah. it it is it's so much about the history of photography and setting yourself up in a frame and I, I was just like I, I can do this and this will be my litmus test for other forms of sex work and this can be my stripping but I'm in this safe space with a barrier of the computer screen, I, I think I got to that point too because, like, I'm a child of the internet. It you felt are wearing
0: like a shirt that says "Internet Princess." That,
2: that's true. Camming is like stripping online. Now I've I'm I'm doing it. I'm in it. It's my full time job, and the request that kind of slaps me across the face and knocks me into this weird reality was: Will you sit on your cat? And suffocate her.
0: Whoa. Yeah. So we went from cats to cakes. And. Fascinating. You know. How do you feel about the request to involve an animal, but mm -hmm. also to involve harming a
2: helpless creature? First of all, disturbing and. Yes. Something I would never do, but. I have this job because I am an empathetic human being Mm -hmm. and it might sound scary, but it is very hard for me to judge another person. I wanted to research it and figure it out and see why this person felt the way they felt. And that's how I found crushing, which led me to splashing, which led me to cake sitting. So cats
0: to crushing
2: mm -hmm, to cakes. mm -hmm. I very much wanted to turn this disturbing request into something more pure, into something humorous, and perhaps satisfy this person's fetish through different means. Through not harming another creature. Exactly. That's
0: fucking amazing. Yeah. I mean, that's also witchcraft. <laughs> you know, transform like using empathy to transform a harmful impulse mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. into a playful pleasurable right. impulse which you then transformed into a powerful source of profit and mm-hmm. fame and more creativity. Mm-hmm. That's some fucking you know. horror magic right there.
2: <laughs> and just going back to like, this is what the universe is going to give me. Like, I'm going to work with it. I'm going to figure this out.
0: Do you think that the client really wanted you to do that? Or do you think that
2: they... Just like a troll type thing?
0: Yeah. Yeah. We're like trying to get... I mean, something that I'm very familiar with in my in-person fetish work is the phenomenon of either like wankers calling who have no intention of actually booking or people who do book and then they they try to shock you mm-hmm. and and like what they're turned on by is not necessarily like the fetish that they're bringing up but they're just like they're getting off on seeing how extreme right. they can be and like trying to be like well if i can like get a rise out of this right. dominatrix then that makes me like really depraved right. and it's like it's like competitive And to me, it's actually it's non-consensual because it's like we can be as extreme as you want. You just have to negotiate with me. Don't like try to elicit a psychological response from me like I can perform any kind of psychological response that you right. want or, or consent to be put in a situation where I agree to be surprised. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yes, absolutely. Um, so, you know, I feel like right. this is probably a phenomenon that most sex workers in any in whatever their orientation is, mm-hmm. like whatever field they, they work in, I'm sure strippers get people coming right. in all the time and, yeah. you know, and also probably saying like, I want something really extreme you've never heard of. Mm-hmm. I'm going to piss in your mouth, you know, and it's like, yeah. oh, ooh, right, you know, right. wow, right. <laughs> I've never even heard of that.
2: I do think that, you know, especially with camming and it being a bit one sided in that they can see me and I can't see them. That's right. A lot of it is based in reaction and wanting to get a reaction out of you. I'm like so far into the game where I'm like, okay, if you want me to respond to this, you got to pay me, right? Um, but you know, I received that request from that person whose handle was Squish Cat um, <laughs> o- over many months. It wasn't just one time. And when I started researching, uh, it, it was the realization that this is very real, and. When I was leaving Miami 10 years ago, I remember reading the paper, like, on the plane to New York, and there were some women who were arrested for stomping chickens as a part of performing a fetish that was being videotaped. So, you know, I have that in my head already, and so I know, you know, it's a it's a thing, you know?
0: Yeah, it's it's very—I have to say— I'm very upset (laughs) I'm it's 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 upsetting
2: it is but on the on the scale of things that are available to be upset by I think in the especially in the camera because it's faceless I've heard the most disturbing things that one could hear and this isn't the most disturbing you know yeah
0: yeah yeah I mean that's true if anyone is listening has never been on either side of a chat room, can you describe what the experience mm-hmm. is like of, yeah. of being, you know, from your perspective yeah. of, of being the the host of a chat room so, specifically with regards to like how you speak out loud, but mm-hmm. the people yes. in the room or the person in the room is just text on the yes. on
2: on screen. So when I'm, signed into my chat room and I'm looking at the screen, I see a box to the top left and that is like photo booth. It's it's a reverse image of myself. Mm -hmm. So the entire time I'm camming, I'm staring at myself. Mm. And then next to that video stream is a public chat room. And I can see all of the people that are in my chat room and then I can see them typing to me. So yeah. they're using text, I'm responding verbally. And at the top of the screen is the countdown or the topic. And those are like the tip menu of what I'm willing to do, what our goal is, what the the number of tokens I'm trying to make. And what the big show will be for the finale if we reach that goal. Mm -hmm. And I can also see how much money I've made in the public chat. You can also go private with someone. You can Mm -hmm. have a group show. You can have a true private because an actual private, people can spy on you. A true private, you're getting paid the most and no one else can see but that one person. And the public chat is pay to play. So people are tipping for different things. But then when you go private with someone, you're getting paid by the minute, and that's where the real money is made. Mm-hmm. Um, and just it's it's just a little bit easier because you're one-on-one, and you know time is passing, but you're making money in that time passing. I do not know how much I'm going to make every day. I have a guesstimate because I've been doing it for so long, Yeah, but I still have to cam almost eight hours a day to... Make the money I need to make to pay my rent. Every day? Yeah. And also, I do it every day because I feel a commitment and an obligation to the people that have been with me since day one. That sign on every day to see me. If I miss a day or I go on vacation I very much have guilt for not being there. And, like, they're going to think I'm not coming back. They're going to think I quit. I want them—not only do you need to do it to maintain regulars and to have a presence in the camming community, but I, I love it. And I never want these people to think that i I have left them. You know, like I want to be there for them. That's like that's can, my job.
0: Can you set up like a little vacation
2: responder, <laughs> like on email?
0: That's like I am having some me time. Mm-hmm. I'll be back. Yeah. 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 And I mean, like, because self care is absolutely important. and masturbating without being watched
2: can uh, be very relaxing. Yes. Sometimes. Yes. And that's interesting too because I'll I'll do my my solo masturbating in the chat room and it's all very real and I'm I'm having a real orgasm and it's a real cum show. But then also I sign off and like before I go to bed, like I have my own session with myself.
0: I'm glad to hear I'm yeah, happy to hear that.
2: It's, it's a different experience. One is performative but still real and the other is for me.
0: I mean, that was... I tried camming for... A very short period of time and part of the reason that I stopped doing it was that I started to notice that I would get home from working or being productive doing something and I would have the thought that I have had for much of my life, which is oh, I'm going to like rub one out. Mm-hmm. I'm just like just like relax in the afternoon to like keep going through this day and st- wild world and uh and i would start to think oh well i'll turn on cam mm. and i'll like you know do the emotional labor of like being in the public room and like interacting with people and trying to like draw them into like a private room where then i can get paid however much mm-hmm. money to jerk off if i was going to jerk off anyway might as well get paid was my thinking and then i was like starting to notice that like it doesn't work like that <laughs> well then it doesn't work like that but also that like that time is actually like quite precious to me to and, have oh, to yeah. myself, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, or to share with someone not for money. Right, it gave me like a like a bad feeling. I had other ways of making money, and specifically like other ways of doing sex work. So I already felt like I was like giving of myself, mm, like mm-hmm. it from that you know, from, yes. from my sexual well, mm-hmm. um, and that actually that I wanted that like afternoon to wank to be mine. Yes. Now, if somebody was like, I'll give you ten thousand mm-hmm. dollars to voyeur to you drinking out the afternoon, mm-hmm. like maybe we could talk. Right. But uh yeah, fifty bucks is like No. I mean right. sometimes fifty sometimes fifty bucks in an afternoon for doing something like from your bedroom can make all the difference in the world. Absolutely. I don't wanna underplay that. Yeah. But like yeah, so anyway, that's like the beginning and end of my sorted career in
2: Camming. Well, and I think that is the misconception about camming. And when you said that, it reminded me of someone I was dating. And they were like, kind of what you said, like, well, if you're going to masturbate anyway, like, you might as well make money for it. I'm Like, it doesn't work like that. You yeah. don't just sign on and get naked. Like, yeah, it's like a seven hour tease. And then you get naked. You need to make your money first you need to connect with people yeah if you just go on cam and get naked and start masturbating people will take advantage of you as much as they can, mm. if you do not know what you're doing, and by that I mean, you could do all of that and not get paid. That's right, and that's totally fine if you derive pleasure from that. Right, but not if it's your job. Also,
0: there are platforms. There are like non-commercial, yes. like social platforms right, where you can do for that. people mm-hmm. for to to indulge their own non-commercial exhibitionism and voyeurism. Exactly. And people who are interested in that should really use that yes. and not give it away for free. Right when we're all in a space where we're trying to make money exactly yes. because then it makes people think that they exactly. don't exactly it have bounces to pay.
2: back onto us and yeah i have to have those conversations with people all the time just because someone else did something that way doesn't mean that i'm going to do it that way
0: i mean i think that that the whole like if you're going to be a slut then you might as well get paid mm-hmm. is like an attitude that i know i've heard all, mm-hmm. many people express i know that i used to flippantly have that attitude. And I sometimes think that there is a ring of truth to it. But overall, I think that it is a, like, for me now, I think of it much more as, like, internalized whorephobia, where uh, yeah, where I'm like, oh, well, you know, the, the, the money is, like, incidental. I'm, like, really just, like, being a super slut. Mm. But it's like, no, I, I'm a whore. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. I should, like, we should call it what it is right. and also like like the money is it is it is about the money right we are doing it for the money it's a job exactly
2: it it is work and it's a lot of work
0: yeah it's a lot of it's a <laughs> lot of fucking work and if 50 bucks is not the difference between me having a place to sleep mm-hmm. or not then that is a place of privilege because for right. many people it is right Right. so so for me to be flippant about it is like disrespectful to the people for, mm-hmm, for mm-hmm. Who, who like
2: and some yeah. days that is what i make and honestly if i sign on and make any type of money i'm happy yeah because there's the possibility to not make anything yeah that is a possibility yeah and the only reason that i can somewhat gauge it is because i've been doing it for so long yeah like these six years i can go back and look at my analytics and be like I made this in 2014 in December, and then kind of understand how much I'm going to make this year, you know? I love sex work NLA. I know, I know. <laughs> and the site keeps track of it for you. That's and cool. And gives you all of your logistics. And I also wanted to throw out there the the token aspect. Yeah. So... Tokens are worth five cents. If you're getting tipped one token, you've just made five cents. If you're getting tipped a 100 tokens, you didn't just get tipped a $100. You got tipped $5. I mean,
0: all of that, that's like a Chuck E. Cheese principle, yes, right? Yes. Like people, you have a token and then psychologically you think this is one unit right? and you're, you're, Mind just—I'm sure there's like gambling game theory about mm-hmm.
2: this. To, to also, to keep you going, like when yeah. you when you're seeing bigger numbers and the screen light up bright yellow. First of all, you do feel like you're playing a game, sure. But these the numbers kind of keep you in it. But then you got to revert back to reality, take out my calculator, I times everything or multiply everything by 0.05, and then I'm like, okay, no, you just made 275.
0: Yeah, and by the way, probably it is also on, is it on a 1099? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. right. So then you also, that's revenue, not income. So you also have to pay 30% of that in taxes. Yes.
2: Uh, So... Yeah, that time of year always comes. Taxes are a big deal. Obviously, we do not get any type of benefits or yeah. time off. Um, There's a lot of shit you can write <clears throat> off. You oh, can write
0: off that Internet Princess shirt.
2: I write off everything, my baking supplies, my outfits, everything that I've bought for my cam set. Like, truly, everything I do is related to my art making. Everything I do is related to my sex work.
0: Great. <laughs> Let's go back to the Squish Cat story. Yes. yes. Um, so you didn't mm-hmm. just just so our there are listeners who have been sitting in fear for 20 minutes. Can you confirm that you did not squish a cat?
2: Yes, no, I would never sit on my cat or anyone else's or <laughs> any other animal. Um I do not hurt other beings. I'm in this for Pleasure and the human experience of it all. Mm-hmm. I've always made art about the environment and the job I have. And I believe that, like, if you have had the experience, there's room for the work.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And the topics I'm working with and have always investigated are public versus private. And I think that the internet. And sex and fetishes really encompass what is public and private. And also comedy. Like Mm. comedy is built in to cake sitting. Mm -hmm. And along with stripping in art, like I grew up... At a dinner table where we sat down and watched Seinfeld at every meal, <laughs> which I cannot watch anymore because the misogyny runneth so deep. It is, um, it is totally, it is very intense. It is. It like, I do not remember it the way, because I've, I've learned so much in 20 years. Um, I don't remember it that way, and I watch it now, and I'm, like, cringing. Yeah. Um, but Seinfeld... And this mix of Andy Kaufman style of comedy that's has always been influential in my life, and also, I think that milk and cookies (laughs) comedy is very gendered, and
0: (laughs) you don't say yeah.
2: And so I have always felt like I need to be funny to be on the same level as men. So that's very much the uh, persona that not only in life, but very much I emphasize in my chat room. Yeah. Like, I am a comedian. People tip me to tell funny stories about my life. Mm. I use the the things that I use in my artwork that are, have comedic value, I use in my chat room. And what I mean by that, like, objects, like... Uh, Kitty pools, um, mm. floaties, noodles, donkey hoppers, slip and slides, all these things that are actually, like, really Florida-centric, <laughs> but also um, sculptural. They're texturally sexy. Mm. They're also childlike. Totally. Um, and then also fall back on this humorous element. The cake kind of just fit right in there.
0: And also, I feel like your wardrobe is mm-hmm. very neon lycra stretchy like your your body's hanging out of it yeah
2: that I've I haven't been able to shake the the Floridian in me ever (laughs) like as far as even my like my color palette and just my body the the way that I present myself like I'm a curvy woman and that is that's That's very like showing it off is is something very Miami, Mm -hmm. which is different in New York, like exhibitionism in Miami, (laughs) exhibitionism in New York. Are, like, they're two very different things. Yeah. My artist statement starts with, I grew up in a bathing suit. <laughs> and that's not something that like New Yorkers can say. And like, you can't leave your house in a bathing suit in New York. You're going to be harassed and assaulted and catcalled. And like, something bad might happen to you. Miami. Like you walk outside in a bathing suit, and so is everyone else. Is in a bathing suit. Like totally the body there is different than the body here. I feel safe in my performances. Mm. I feel safe on the internet. I think I very much have adapted to the New York environment while still maintaining my Miami ness.
0: Yeah, you know, I think so too. Yeah, that's so fucking interesting, and I I feel like I relate to that being from California, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. a little bit. Like, less with the bathing suit and a little bit more with just, like, being a dirt bag. Like, if I'm wearing, like, I'm wearing really short shorts right now. I'm, like, wearing short shorts because it's summertime and this is comfortable and I'm, like, I want my body to, like, breathe and, like, experience the sun. Right. And, like, in California, you could be, like, wearing short shorts that are just kind of, like, grungy and whatever. And nobody's going to be, like... That's inappropriate or that's sexual or you need to go to the laundromat and take a shower. Right. You know, that's something that I've had to adjust to both just like in daily life and like being on the street and being in public in New York. But also with sex work in New York where I – and more of your sex work is online. So maybe Mm -hmm. that feels a little different. But I have had to adjust to like the expectation that I will be – scrubbed
2: right? Um, before
0: I can be paid to be sexy.
2: Yeah, and you're so right that you know, my how I carry myself um, in public is just I'm wearing a baseball cap and like Adidas track pants and like I'm really not trying to go there um, and I, I kind of leave it on the internet and on social media so that I don't have to expend more of that energy in person. Now, I do have in-person clients. Like, my sex work career has developed through camming. Mm-hmm. And I, I still am, like, very much myself. And I feel like that's and what I mean is just, like, I'm kind of, like, tomboy Like, I wear makeup, but, like, I'm dressed down most of the time. Mm. And whatever clients I'm seeing, they're like, that's just Lindsay, you know? Yeah. Like, <laughs> I, I...
0: Oh, they must love that about you.
2: Right. Like, um, this kind of toned-down version. Um, and I just think that has everything to do with living here and, like um dealing with a lot of street harassment and yeah. inequality in the streets yeah yeah
1: hold up